Hello and welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson, the man, the myth, the legend. What's up, JP? <laughs> How you doing, Anthony? <laughs> Good. Uh, tell us about the music. Uh, yes, it's a track uh, by The Pretenders from 1984. Uh, the name of the song is My City Was Gone. I don't think it was released as a single, uh, so sort of a deep cut album cut, but uh, I've heard it in a few different movies, and I don't know if it got any radio airplay at all. Uh, My City Was Gone it talks about uh, Ohio, which um, you know I think is kind of an overrated state. I'll, you know, I'll do respect to Ohio, uh, but uh, it's off their '84 uh, album "Learning to Crawl," the number seven track, and um, it'll, I'll put it on the most accurate podcast playlists, uh, both volume two and volume one. All right, we lost about uh, a bunch of our listeners now because you <laughs> crushed uh, the state of Ohio. <laughs> Go Buckeyes! Go Browns! Go Cavs! All right, let's talk about um, first and foremost. We do we mentioned it this this past podcast about how look for a potential black friday sale this week you can follow us on twitter if you're not at four for four football you can follow john at john underscore paulson um at four for four i'm sorry at at four for four underscore john is what i meant to say you can follow those two on twitter and if we have any sales going on black friday follow those two on Twitter, and you get an opportunity to, if you're, if you're on the fence at all about joining 4 for 4 you hear us talking about the rankings every week, you're sick and tired of getting beat in your leagues or, or coming up just short, this is now a time to, to do the, the, the test run because our Black Friday sale is coming up uh, potentially. So, again, follow, follow us on, on Twitter and um, be on the lookout for that. Let's do some Week 11 injuries, John. Well, we'll start off with Alex Smith, the most devastating injury from Week 11. He broke his leg. Impact of Colt McCoy taking over. He looked he looked good yesterday, but he was really he was getting the ball out quickly and he was running around a lot more. What's the impact for Washington's position players now? Now that we go from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy, uh, well, I pulled up uh, the Pro Football Reference Play Index. If you if you go there, you can kind of filter um, games and plays however you want to, and I'm able to quickly look at what McCoy did. Yesterday, who he targeted, he was 6, for, six of 12, 54 yards, and a touchdown. He was sacked twice, um, which is that's not good. Uh, but from a receiving standpoint, he targeted Josh Dotson five times, uh, Jordan Reed three times, Trey Quinn once, and Michael Floyd once. Uh, you know, Jordan Reed getting three of 12 targets is a good sign for him. He had his best one of his best games of the year. I think it might have been his best game of the year. Um, seven for 70 something and a touchdown. So uh, I would say it's good for, for Reed and it looks like Dotson, I mean, five of 12 uh, pass attempts headed his direction. So it looks like he's got Colt McCoy's got eyes for Dotson. He only caught two for 23, which is really the story of Josh Dotson uh, in a nutshell, all the targets he gets, he hasn't been very productive in his career, but uh, you know, they're so thin at receiver right now that uh, he's not a bad uh, spot start if, if owners are desperate. Marcus Mariota re-injured that elbow that affected him earlier in the season. If you remember correctly, he he had a hard time gra- uh, gripping the football because of the nerve damage done in that elbow. Blaine Gabbard is the backup there. I don't know how many Titans wide receivers aside of Corey Davis, who was a dud following a big performance last week. Of course, I I, I didn't have him in the lineup two weeks ago. I had him in the lineup yesterday, and uh, you know he ruined at least one of my teams, John. So. What about Blaine Gabbert now? If if we don't know the extent of Marcus Mariota's injury, but Blaine Gabbert, if he's got to take over, what does that mean for guys like Corey Davis? 
Uh, again, pulling up his uh, his pass attempts and who he targeted. 61 pass attempts on the year for Blaine Gabbert because he played earlier in the year with Mariota on the sideline. Two touchdowns, two interceptions, 360 yards, sacked four times. Uh, vast majority went to uh, Corey Davis. 15 uh, of the targets went to Corey Davis, so roughly a, a quarter uh, of Gabbert's targets went to him. Eight to Tajay Sharp eight to Deion Lewis, seven to Johnny Smith. And I just want to mention Johnny Smith because I mean, he didn't uh, do a whole lot yesterday, although he did have 10 plus points in PPR formats, but he's had three usable fantasy lines in a row. And when Delaney Walker went out, I, I kind of thought that Smith would step in and be able to post low end tight end one numbers, high end tight end two numbers. And it took a while, but now he's, he's starting to roll a little bit in that offense. Uh, you know, throwing Gabbard in there is going to change things. Uh, but really you're, this is a downgrade. I mean, I like Mar- Marcus Mariota in general. Uh, I think he's better for Corey Davis. So, you know, Gabbard has targeted Davis 15 times, completed seven for a catch rate of 47% and 88 yards, which is a, a pretty dreadful 5.86 yards per um, attempt there for, for Corey Davis uh, from Blaine Gabbard. So it's not good for anybody. Carrion Johnson suffered a, an injury in the third quarter in yesterday's upset victory of the Panthers. Uh, he left, the, again, he, he suffered the knee injury, left the third quarter, did not return. He had a really nice opening drive, I and mean, the Lions were carving up Carolina on the ground early in that game. If Carrion Johnson cannot play on Thursday when the Lions host the Bears, what are your thoughts on Riddick and, and LeGarrette Blount? Uh, well, they have the, the Bears, huh? That's not, no. that doesn't sound good. I would avoid this situation in Week 12 completely. Uh, I guess if you're desperate, you could look at Blunt and maybe he falls into the end zone for a touchdown. But he has uh, 183 yards on 78 carries this year, and uh, doing the math on that, that's not good. That's 2.35 yards per carry. Uh, maybe Riddick as a PPR back uh, is possible. I mean, he had five for 30 uh, this week. Um, 11 for 90 in the last two weeks. So, you know, from a PPR standpoint, he might be able to get you 8 to 10 points. Maybe he scores a touchdown. Uh, But you don't want to start either one of these guys against the Bears this week. Doug Martin had 10 carries for 52 yards. He left the game in the second quarter, uh, second half due to an ankle injury against the Cardinals. Jalen Richard, 11 carries, 61 yards, two receptions for 32 yards. Do you like Richard at all moving forward, especially if Doug Martin is affected by that ankle injury? Yeah, this was a nice matchup against the, the the Cardinals in Week 11. Week 12, unfortunately, they have Baltimore, uh, number one in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. Week 13, uh, they have a, a great matchup, the Chiefs, uh, 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So um, Richard basically split the work with DeAndre Washington in, in terms of the carries. Uh, Richard had 11 for 61. Uh, Washington had 12 for 39. So Richard was a lot more efficient with his carries. He also had three catches for 32 yards, whereas Washington didn't catch anything uh, yesterday. So I, looking at Baltimore, you're, Richard's probably going to be ranked as like an RB2-3 in that 25 to or low 20s to up, you know 30 range. Washington will probably be ranked in the 40s because it's a bad matchup. But if you get into where uh, Richard is starting against the Chiefs, uh, then you could see him, you know, pushing uh, twenty uh, in the rankings and PPR maybe a little bit higher because he's likely to catch a lot of passes. He's already caught a lot of uh, passes this year, fifty-one on the season. So, um, not a great situation this week against the Ravens, but you know, in desperate times, desperate 
measures uh, for Richard <laughs> Richard, but uh, uh, the following week, if if Martin's still out, then I think Richard's a lot more viable. Uh, since listeners can't get enough of Raiders updates, Brandon LaFell also tore his Achilles tendon in that same uh, game against the Cardinals. Do you want to roster any Oakland receiver at this point? Well, there was a rookie that came in. I'm, I'm probably going to Aitman, or I might be butchering his name. I got criticized again for mispronunciation uh, mispronunciation of names on the, on Twitter. So that was just another uh, week of the football season for me. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> Marcel Aitman, uh, four catches for 50 yards on five targets. Seth Roberts, four for 38 on seven targets. Uh, you know, a lot of Richard again, three for 32. But Derek Carr only attempted 31 passes, 192 yards. And he's spreading the ball around. Jared Cook, three for 31, a touchdown. LaFell, two for 29, a touchdown. I would expect more of the same. Um, if you're desperate, you could look at, at Aitman and um, maybe pick him up if, if it's a really deep league, but I wouldn't. Uh, get too excited about this uh, passing attack. All right, a couple more here. Two tight ends. O.J. Howard sprained his ankle and did not return to the game yesterday against the Giants. What do you make of the situation here with Cameron Brait? Well, this is a, a really tough position, tight end, and if Howard is out and Braid is in, and on top of it we have Jameis Winston potentially starting again, uh, we don't know what's going to happen here with Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. They've just been... Uh, kind of tag team in the the quarterback position, but uh, Winston loves throwing the ball to Brait. This is well known, especially in the red zone. And if Howard is out, then I would look at Brait as a top top eight, top ten option at the tight end position. You know, as long as Howard's go- uh, gone, they're out. So, uh, you know, owners I think that are having issues at tight end um, might want to look at Brait as a as a high priority pickup because uh, he can certainly help at that position. Um, as for the other positions, just as far as uh, the Buccaneers are concerned, um, you know, Godwin only played like a third of the snaps. I think he had the ankle injury. Humphreys is still siphoning snaps. Deshaun Jackson played uh, the second most snaps after Mike Evans. Uh, I think that Winston coming in doesn't really necessarily negatively affect anybody. I think the only person he's really shown a shine to is, is Brait. Uh, and he has in the past had issues with Deshaun Jackson, um, not not really vibing with him uh, very well, and uh, Jackson did better with Fitzpatrick under center, so it might be a little bit of downgrade for him. And then finally, we, we talked about him a little bit following the Thursday night game, but Jimmy Graham did suffer a broken thumb in that loss to the Seahawks. Robert Tanyan could, could receive more snaps after catching that long touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. Any interest in Tanyan? Uh, not really. Lance Kendricks and... Uh, Mercedes Lewis had been playing ahead of Tanyan uh, in previous weeks. So I think if, if Jimmy Graham's out, I really don't like any of these tight ends. I necessarily have to look a little deeper and, and see who's been targeted the most this season and who really played the most snaps in the last couple of weeks. All right, some some week eleven quick hitters. Now we're just we're not doing any RBBC situations. We're going to kind of wrap some of those into these quick hitters. But I got five for you today, John. We'll start off with Josh Adams. He was one of the lone bright spots for the Eagles on Sunday in New Orleans. He rushed only seven times, but he did record fifty three yards and a touchdown. He also caught three passes for an additional nineteen yards. If you're talking to desperate RB two owners right now, is Adams worth starting moving forward? Well, that's a that's a actually a big uh, point that you made there about the three catches because that's 
that's big for him. He had his, his four catches on the year, so having three yesterday showed that they were going to use him in the passing game if he's going to end up being the, the guy who's on the field the most. He played 55% of the snaps. Uh, Corey uh, Clement played 27% of the snaps, and Wendell Smallwood played, only played 8% of the snaps. Uh, that might have been, you know, Clement playing ahead of Smallwood might have been something to do with the fact that the uh, the Eagles fell behind so quickly in this game. But, um, you know, Adams looks like the RB1 going forward, and he's got a nice uh, matchup this week against the Giants, uh, who Peyton Barber just kind of lit up for 100 yards. Uh, so if he's getting 10, 15 carries plus three or four catches, that's going to be pretty good production there at, at this point in the offseason. So if Josh Adams is still out on the waiver wire, which I don't think he is uh, in most leagues, uh, he's worth definitely worthy of a pickup. And then, you know, week 13, Washington, week 14, Dallas, week uh, 15, the Rams, week 16, the Texans, those are all sort of mediocre matchups for, for, for Adams. You had Traquan Smith as one of your sneaky starts for week 11. He exploded for 157 yards and a touchdown on 10 catches. He, he was targeted 13 times in the game. He's been a boom or bust fantasy play, uh, but the Saints host a, just a horrendous Falcons defense on Thanksgiving night. Emphasis on horrendous Falcons defense uh, on Thanksgiving. So would you amp- anticipate having him in the wide receiver mix when you do your rankings on Tuesday? Yeah, I would think he's going to be wide receiver three, maybe pushing wide receiver two, but probably in the three range because he's just sort of a big play guy that uh, is sort of up and down. Uh, but if you look at his home games, three for 11, 111 and two touchdowns on three targets against Washington, uh, two for 23 and a touchdown on three targets against the Rams, and then 10 for 157 and a touchdown on 13 targets against the Eagles. So they got him very involved, and this is another – exploitable defense here with with the Falcons coming to town so I think I'll have him ranked uh, fairly high I have to look in uh, you know once all the buys shake out and figure out who's who's gonna be ranked where but he's gonna definitely be startable in in a nice matchup against the Falcons all right since we're talking about young frustrating wide receivers from a fantasy perspective let's talk about DJ Moore he caught seven of eight targets for 157 yards and a touchdown in the Panthers week 11 loss to the Lions what are your what are your thoughts on him and I know that this is this is a player that has to frustrate you looking at his stat lines over the over the season yeah boom bust guys tend to be up and down uh well obviously but (laughs) I mean that's the definition of boom bust right but you're looking at his uh they're they're harder to predict for that reason. It's just uncertainty, but you can kind of pick out when they're when they might go off and when they might not. And Moore is a little bit has been a little tough because you look at what he did against Philly, who doesn't have a great secondary. He had three for twenty nine on five targets against them, five for ninety against Baltimore, which is actually a pretty tough secondary. Six targets there, and then week nine against the Bucks, great matchup, one for sixteen on two targets. Pittsburgh, uh, not a great matchup, four for twenty, and then Detroit was you know pretty bad on the back end there uh, in terms of their secondary, seven for one fifty seven, a touchdown, and eight targets. Week twelve he has Seattle, week thirteen Tampa again, week fourteen Cleveland, and then back to back weeks in week fifteen and sixteen the Saints and the Falcons. So the schedule looks very good, but he's not trustworthy. Uh, so you're, you're starting him. Maybe not out of desperation, but you're starting him with the understanding that he might blow up, but he also might give you a goose egg or give you two or three points as you know uh, on a low usage type day. 
One of the more popular waiver wire additions this week is going to be Ravens running back Gus Edwards, who torched the Bengals defense for 115 yards and one touchdown. Alex Collins also saw it. Uh, he, he saw the end zone on the Ravens' first drive. And, of course, you got Lamar Jackson running around now. Don't, don't know if he's going to make a, a second start for Baltimore. But there's a lot going on here with this Baltimore backfield. Having said that, is Gus Edwards an immediate RB2 candidate, or are you going to kind of slow your roll based on just the, the one performance? Well, I would say that, you know, we're heading into week 12. I, I would say that Edwards is a rest of budget player if you still have enough money to to pick him up. Now, he may not pan out, but, you know, what are you holding your fab budget for, uh, if, if not for something like this? He's... First of all, let me just talk about the schedule because I, I remember mentioning this with, with Alex Collins. I thought he'd come out of the bye and really post good numbers down the stretch uh, because, of the, because of the schedule. So they played the Bengals, who were 32nd this week, uh, 23rd uh, Oakland next week, 29th uh, Atlanta week 13, 30th uh, just fancy points allotted to running backs in week 14 against Kansas City, and then the Bucks uh, are 20th in that measure. Uh, metric and then week 14 i'm sorry week 16 it's uh, the chargers who are 10th so really down the stretch he's got one sort of tough matchup and that's the chargers but uh, philip Lindsay obviously did pretty well against the chargers on sunday so that's not too daunting of a matchup either uh, so i thought it'd be collins uh but then he came out of the bye and then if you look at what they did in the game it seems to me like they really did want to get edwards more involved in the offense and give him a chance to run the ball uh, he was in on the first drive. Um, Collins got the start. He had the first two carries, two total yards on those two carries. Then Edwards came in, same drive, and rattled off uh, runs of five and six yards, uh, respectively. And then Collins finished off the drive with a seven-yard touchdown run. Uh, in the second drive of the second quarter, uh, Edwards had three carries for 21 yards. Collins, on that drive, touched the ball once for five yards. The halftime touch count between the two was nine to six in Edwards' favor, and then in the second half, Edwards outtouched Collins eight to one, um, and then those eight touches or were all carries. And they turned him into seventy-three yards and a touchdown in the second half. So what's worrisome about Collins was that he wasn't able to get it going against a pretty bad Bengals rush defense, and I, you know, I wouldn't normally worry too much about you know, Edwards leading the team and carries in any given week, but this is coming out of the bye. Prior to the bye, Collins was struggling 3.67 yards per carry. Edwards had 4.27 yards per carry. So about a half yard better. Um, and I think since he was in on that first drive, they, they were thinking during the bye that they wanted to get him more involved. So I think he has a better, he's about a 50, 50 shot or a better than 50, 50 shot of being the lead back. Uh, at least in the short term. But I, I think what they'll probably do is mix, mix them both in on the first drive, and whoever gets it going, they're going to go with the hot hand, which makes for a headache uh, for fantasy owners. Uh, if you're struggling at running back or need somebody for the stretch run or somebody that might put up some points, uh, I think Edwards is a good bet because uh, he, he, he is running better than Collins right now, and the matchup's so good. So if he gets first crack at it and he's running hard like he, he has been running, then he should be productive. Yeah, it was interesting watching that game yesterday because obviously it was Lamar Jackson's first game, so a lot of the eyes were on him. I, I, 
they, that was basically a college offense. They, they don't trust him to throw the ball much. Um, but Edwards wound up being kind of the focal point of that offense. He, he took the game over in some respects, and he is basically just one cut, get get downhill, and then he's then he's hard to tackle. So there's there's not that explosive element there, but I think you're right in that they, they clearly want him to uh, be the primary ball carrier. I criticize Seattle for letting go of Alex Collins, uh, you know, last season when you and I were talking a lot of preseason ball and I thought Alex Collins was going to be this massively underrated running back this year in fantasy that was that was probably my my biggest uh you know my biggest dud when when projecting some of these guys so now that it's Gus Edwards backfields that that whole that whole situation in Baltimore is going to be interesting moving forward but I added Gus Edwards for what it's worth I added him in a couple leagues where I'm just really hurting at the second running back position so I hope I hope it's not a, a game flow situation. I do hope they feature him more, and he winds up uh, scoring touchdowns, you know, left and right moving forward. Let's talk about the Monday Night Football matchup. This one should be great. You got a sixty-three point over/under tonight in the Chiefs and Rams. The game is in L.A. This is a fantasy football fan's dream. I think I'm down thirty points tonight but I've got Kareem Hunt it's one of those games where you could see any one of these guys go off from Patrick Mahomes to Kareem Hunt to Tyree Kill uh the Rams guys certainly with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley but the the guy that I wanted to ask you about was Josh Reynolds because he takes over in the slot for Cooper Cooper Cup who was lost for the season do you think that Josh Reynolds can post decent wide receiver through three numbers moving forward I think it depends somewhat on the matchup. I think this is a great matchup with the, the over-under, what it is, what the Rams are expected to score. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets a touchdown. He he caught two touchdowns against uh, the Packers when I was there at the Coliseum, and uh, that was after a very quiet first week as the you know third starter there in that in that offense. They'll move uh, they'll move those guys all around, and he, he won't just be playing in the slot. But he'll uh, you know if this is a 60, 70 point game. Uh, he should have some opportunities uh, to make plays. And I'm sitting in a situation with my uh, FFPC team where I need to make the playoffs. I I, I need a win to make the playoffs. I'm up 132 to 60, but um, my opponent has Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley and Harrison Butker, but I'd have Travis Kelsey, and it's a tight end premium league. So as long as Kelsey is out there, I think he'll – be able to uh, help me withstand the the run that this guy's going to make it uh, to win the game. What do you think? Am I going to win this? Uh, yes, you're going to okay. win it. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel confident. How about that? We're just <laughs> I'm up I'm up 72, but I think there's I don't think there's two players I feel less comfortable about being up right. by 72 than playing Patrick Mahomes and Todd Gurley. But thankfully, I have Kelsey. Yeah, I think I think Kelsey's going to offset a lot of that, and obviously you've got you got such a big lead. But but you're right; it's exactly what I said before. Where normally, if I'm down 25, 30 points going into the Monday Night Football game, it's a wrap. I, I I won't even care about that player. But obviously, with Kareem Hunt going in a in a point total, that I mean, I think both of these teams can get into the 40s tonight. Now, having said that, it'll probably be a 13 to 10 game, um, but it's going to be fun to watch regardless because this is this is every bit of a Super Bowl. Uh, potential Super Bowl preview. I, I also find it interesting, maybe not from a fantasy necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but you know which defense do you trust less? Because the the Chiefs rank in the bottom half in total yards and passing yards allowed and rushing yards allowed and scoring. And but the Rams, while some of their some of their statistics look better, 
they've really struggled against top quarterbacks. And and that might be an obvious statement, but this was a, a Rams defense that we thought was going to be pretty good coming into, into the year after they added Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and Adamic and Sue. It just hasn't been the case. They've, they, they were, you know, they allowed 20 some odd points to Aaron Rodgers. They've allowed Russell Wilson, the Seahawks to score 30 plus points in both of those matchups. Obviously Breeze, who's torched everybody, they, they scored 45 points. So you got this Chiefs team coming into town. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I, I trust Kansas City's defense a little bit more than than the Rams at this point, despite the Rams being uh, having having more talented units. So we'll see. Very fascinating matchup, and I really can't wait to watch this one. Yeah, I would uh, just add that the Chiefs' defense tends to play significantly better at home than on the road. I think they've given up 30 plus on average on the road so that's why the total (laughs) is where it is but the other thing I wanted to point out was uh, the Sammy Watkins injury if he's out uh the two games that he's well was one game where he missed and one game where he was knocked out like 15 percent of the snaps and that was Denver in week four in that game Tyree Kill saw 13 targets uh caught nine for 54 didn't do a whole lot but just was the volume was there and then uh last week against Arizona of course he had this seven catches for 117 yards and two touchdowns on 10 targets. So he has 23 targets in the two games that Watkins was, was limited. Um, so if he's getting that sort of usage, he could be in for, you know, a 15 to 20 point plus fantasy point night in standard formats and even more obviously in PPR. All right, John, that'll do it for us. By the way, no podcast on Friday. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next Monday. Good luck if you have any players going, not only tonight, but uh, certainly on Thanksgiving. Don't forget to set your lineups there and and do some DFS play as well. As I mentioned before, make sure you're following John Paulson on Twitter this Friday at 444 underscore John. You can follow uh, me as well at Anthony Stalter, but but John specifically and at 444 Football on Twitter. Those two accounts might, might have some Black Friday sale news for you for uh, the rest of the season subscription, so you want to make sure that you're paying attention on Friday to that uh, and when you're having having your leftovers for Thanksgiving. John, you yourself, you have a happy Thanksgiving, bud, and we'll, we'll talk to you on Monday. You too. Sounds good. All right. For John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast.